bit scary when everyone's offered a chance to escape, so <laughs> thanks for staying, if you are staying. Um, I, I just want to tell you about my friend Keith, actually. Keith has been a friend of mine for 20 years or so, maybe 30 years, and is a great guy, lives in Ascot, and uh, he sort of retired a couple of years ago, and uh, just once in a blue moon, I play a game of golf with Keith, and sort of over the years, he's been someone I've been able to beat at golf, as poor as I am, and uh, I went, uh, so we'd sort of fixed up a year or two ago for me to go and play him on a Friday, sort of late afternoon, so I sort of left school, got out of school a bit early, um, a bit naughty really, but sort of left at three o'clock, and got traffic, and by the time it's been a busy day, not, not too stressful, but a bit busy, and got there and I said oh really sorry I'm late a bit late and he said that's fine I've got lots of time so you know it's sort of middle of the year so it'll be late light late and I said I said yeah um, he said well what have you been doing and I sort of rattled off 25 things and he said I said well, what have you been doing he said well you know just just chilling you know and and really whenever I say to Keith what are you doing I don't well I'd stop saying to Keith what are you doing because that's what he does that's his sort of Retirement is chilling and um, sort of, you know, it's interesting because we have a need for rest. And um, Psalm 55 verse 6 really, verse 4 first of all, really sort of expresses this. Some of you might be in this state. Um, My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death assail me. Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. That may be less bad than that, but you may still feel this. I said, oh, that I had the wings of a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. I would flee far away and stay in the desert. I would hurry to my place of shelter far from the tempest and the storm. I wonder if you've ever been in that situation where you really feel that sort of deep, need for rest and whether you're going to be able to get it or not. Now, Paul Philippa broke her leg, as you know, and, um, you know, one or two people sort of said to her in that sort of cliche way, maybe it's God's way of slowing you down. Well, just, uh, she might tell you about that, but it may be that isn't quite how God works. I I would tend to think it isn't. Um, But I just asked Philippa if she might have any insights on suddenly from having a lifestyle that was totally every minute filled to having a lifestyle that was very most of the minutes not filled, how that went worked for you. Um, I don't know whether um, Karen Case Green said when she was speaking about Mary and Elizabeth just before Christmas um, here. She certainly said it when I heard her speak in Guildford, um, that she um, had gone through a very difficult time when she felt that God was calling her to do something and um, there, there were no openings for her to do it. And she said she got to a time where um, she felt so low and... Um, And people had said to her, I mean, specifically, actually, this was to do with the church that she went to, um, uh, where women weren't in in ministry. 
and people had said to her when she had come back from the mission field and she was looking for a role and she felt that God was calling her into ministry. And, um, and people said to her, well, they had two jobs within the church. Um, one was that she could do children's work and one was um, catering. And for Karen, absolutely, those could be callings from God. <laughs> and, and children's work is my calling from God. Um, but for Karen, they weren't, her two call they weren't her callings. And she felt very low because she didn't have a role within the church. And then she started to look wider. And when she did that, um, she, uh, she still didn't feel right. She didn't feel it was what God was calling her to do, to maybe go into the C of E or... And she said one day she was driving, they were driving down the road to Woking and she remembered it really clearly. And she said to God, she was so low, and she said to God, do you care? Do you care? And in, and she said, in the following months, God showed her in so many ways how much he cared. And I think my experience of the last 10 and a half, I don't know where I am, 11 weeks, um, God has shown me in so many different ways how much he cares about me, how much he cares about details. Um, he cares about the things that I care about. He cares about me and my healing. And, um, and that has been to be stuck, <laughs> physically stuck in a place and to see in so many different ways uh, God just showing me how much he cares. Um, one thing I've been able to do is uh, my sister fell a week before I did. She works in Thailand as a volunteer with a Christian organization that teaches English to students. She fell and broke her femur. And um, it was the most extraordinary thing. The first thing I thought when I heard the crack and fell to the ground was, not me as well. Um, I thank God for face time, because I've been able to visit Janet every day in the hospital in Chiang Mai. And uh, we've been able to spend more time together we've ever, than we've ever, ever spent, probably in our lives. Um, and, she, and to hear her experiences, she's, gone, she's still in hospital. And she's gone through, um, she doesn't have, she's single, but she has loads of different people who care about her. Her churches, she plays the piano in different churches. And, um, and, and people who've visited her who didn't really know her before, but have come to visit her because she's stuck in hospital. Her students, who she teaches language, English language to. And, um, and also, when decisions have, been had, had, have had to be made about her insurance and where she should go next and which hospital she needs to be in. And time and again, she said, oh, I'm really, I don't know what's going to happen. And then we've just, and we've just talked about, it's okay, Janet, because God is your loving Heavenly Father. And it's not me preaching to her. She's said things to me that have been helpful to me. God is your loving Heavenly Father. He cares. And, and let's give it to him. And time and again, she has... We didn't think the insurance was going to last once she went out of the main hospital. And then they okayed it to go to the next hospital. And then we didn't think that the insurance would last to see her through rehab. 
and then insurance paid for her to go through rehab. And it's just great. It's just such a blessing. And uh, last week I was talk- telling her something. I asked her to pray about something for our daughter, who um, uh, that little family need a bigger house to live in. And, and I said, can you pray about it? Because they just, you know, they need that so badly. And she said, yep, I'll pray about that. God never fails. And Janet and I haven't, you know, we've so rushed around doing things all in our lives, and we haven't shared those kind of things together. And it's been such a blessing to hear how God has provided for her in the same ways for me. Um, and to show me in so many different ways, apart from, sorry, apart from my family, apart from Richard who's looked after me, even though he's been so busy. And that's been a blessing. Um, that he's looked after me, and my own family. But also, it's been a blessing when um, people in the fellowship have, have, have just, you know, called in or given me a ring and, and just said, oh, you know, would you like to put in one day? Would you like to pop over for coffee? And that was my first outing out. I hopped all the way across to Lynn's. Um, and, uh, and, 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 and I can't tell you how much a, a blessing it's been when you phoned or, or sent me a text or just popped in. And, and, uh, and I've also reconnected with friends who I've had for years and not seen for years. Um, and I just am so grateful to God for showing me in so many different ways how much he cares. Thank you. And that I've had the time to notice it. Thanks very much for that. Um, so Jesus knows our need. Jesus uh, knows our need for rest, um, and he, he expressed that to the disciples, as we heard. But if we look at Matthew 11 and verse 28, that's just sort of the real key verse here. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am humble and gentle in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And it's that sort of um, thinking about God as being the good, good father thinking about Jesus expressing that about our need for rest. Now, it's really interesting uh, when James did his little sketch there, you know, talking about working 24-7. When the um, Russian Revolution happened, um, and uh, I think Lenin died in uh, 1924, is that right? Um, And Stalin took over, and he abandoned Sundays. So... He sort of just didn't have Sunday and uh, abandoned religion, but also just abandoned the idea of there being a day of rest. And so work just carried on all the time, all the way through. And uh, production levels dropped because of that, and they pretty soon had to reinstate that idea of rest um, that had come right from the very beginning, uh, which we read about in Genesis chapter 2. Uh, And this is verses 2 and 3. 
By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing, so on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he had rested from all the work of creating that he had done. And, you know, that was God's way of working, and that was then enshrined in the Ten Commandments. And I just sort of believe that is something that God has given us as such an amazing gift, that gift of the one day of rest, um, and would just commend that to you. Now that we don't live in a world, uh, a Christian world, where it's a sort of enforced thing, and uh, several of us are sort of my age and, and, and maybe older, you know, can still feel guilt feelings of when we sort of did something you weren't supposed to do on a Sunday, but, that, that, you know, we've sort of come through that, but we don't want to go so far through it that... Uh, we just don't even take any rest on the Sunday as well. Um, and that's sort of that need for rest. The other thing is that uh, thinking about sleep, and that was a rather remarkable story of that teacher, wasn't it? But uh, the Bible talks about sleep too. And this is, chapter, uh, this is Psalm chapter 4 and verse 8. Just read around it. Many are asking, who can show us any good? Let the light of your face shine upon us, O Lord. You have filled my heart with greater joy than when their grain and new wine abound. I will lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. And that's just Great verse, isn't it? It's the verse that's used in the uh, Anglican service of Compline, and it's a great verse that we can get our minds set on God. Um, we find that we've talked to children, uh, and psychologists are now saying pretty obvious things, like saying that it's really important that children don't watch sort of scary movies just before they go to bed, or at all, actually. And same is true for us. Um, there was a sort of rather sort of paternalistic uh, thing came out from the government with eight ways in which the over 60s should get good sleep, um, which was sort of probably most of us know how to do it, but on the other hand, we probably don't do it. So uh, that was a really important one. It, but it's that whole idea of lying down and sleeping in peace for you alone, O oh God, make us dwell in safety. And then let's just have a little look at Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3. Um, in that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. God makes salvation its walls and ramparts. Open the gates that the righteous nation may enter, the nation that keeps faith. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for he, for the Lord, the Lord is the rock eternal. So there's that idea that you will keep in perfect peace those whose mind is stayed on God. And that's what we have to do. If we need that rest, we need to be focused on God and just as I told the children earlier, you know, we need to bring our fears and worries and anxieties to him. We need to look out for ways in which we can be his hands and his feet 
and his voice in helping other people so that we can help other people come to that place where they are at a place of rest. That might be something you would like to pray about with someone at the end of the service, so we would invite you to come forward at the end of the service uh, to do that. So I'd like us now to pray together and just to be still together, to reflect together. I'd like us just to really, for about a minute, a minute and a half, just to be really listening, be uh, just thinking about this moment and what God is saying to you in this moment. Maybe about your lifestyle, maybe about specific fears and anxieties, maybe about how he wants to make your life a more satisfying and fulfilling and restful life where you have lots of stamina to do things and then a good attitude to resting. So let's just listen to God now. pray together. Father God, we thank you that you are near to us. Lord, we thank you that you speak to us, that you're not a silent God. Lord, we pray that we would be people who would keep really close to you. Help us to keep our minds fixed and rooted on you so that we lead peaceful lives. Lord, we do thank you for speaking to us. We thank you for your gift of uh, the seventh day as a day of rest. Lord, we thank you that the Bible acknowledges and encourages our need of rest. We thank you that you give rest to the weary. We thank you that Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and burdened down, and I will give you rest. And we bring those prayers in Jesus' name. Amen.